Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters. This season, we have you covered for your, all your insider sports wagering needs, from Major League Baseball to UFC and boxing. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your home. So get into the action today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, folks. So, um... We're going to do things a little differently uh, in this episode. I know we're going to be talking all-star game voting is happening. So we're going to devote this the majority of this episode to all-star game voting. But, gente, I, I just want to acknowledge something. Um, I know that this past weekend against the Gigantes, the hated ones, was rough. And we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to acknowledge it. But I have a couple of questions for you, Babyface, that I want to... Um, to see if you if you're seeing the same thing or if you're hearing the same thing I'm hearing. Yes, it sucked. Uh the Dodgers got swept by the Gigantes over the weekend. And it wasn't even close. Uh the Dodgers got their I mean, well, the Friday game was close. Um but they uh Saturday they got their asses handed to them. And I ran into a contributor to the Bleed Lows podcast, uh, Elisa Hernandez, and uh, I saw her on Sunday actually. And she was there on Saturday as a fan to watch that ass kicking of 15 to nothing. And I thought Sunday's game was rough. And she says to me, she goes, you think today's bad? You should have been here yesterday. So I can't imagine what that 15, nothing ass kicking must've felt like in the stands. But I went to the game on Friday as a, uh, as a fan. So I was sitting in the stands. I was in the loge and there was a guy sitting behind me who he was very upset throughout the whole game, and he was directing a lot of his expletives towards Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts sucks. He hates Dave Roberts, so much so that I know, Babyface, you thought that was me making those comments, but they were not. It was Basically, what I'm trying to say is that there was a lot of anger in the stands, and I'm starting to see maybe there's starting to develop some apathy towards the Dodgers from fans in terms of They've given up on the season. They don't even want to watch the team anymore because of the fact that, you know, this is a rough stretch that they're going for. So I felt that anger from the fans sitting behind me. But on Sunday when I was covering the game, I don't know if you noticed this baby face, but one of the Giants, I believe it was Schmidt, uh, he got a hit. And the trainer came out to, to check on him. 
And it took a little bit of a long time. Not a long, I mean, it, it took longer than normally when you come, when the trainer comes out. And then the Dodger fans started booing. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, that's a bad look, man. I mean, look, this guy could be injured. You don't want to rush anything. I, I mean, they want to make sure that this guy's okay. Then when Scott Alexander was pitching in the bottom of the ninth of that same game, and he had to leave the game with an injury, the fans started booing again. So my question to you, babyface, do you feel this anger, this this negative cloud that is surrounding the Dodgers right now from their fans? Or is that need just, am I making a, a something out of nothing? No, I mean, I think... You know, obviously fans are upset, right? The Dodgers aren't playing how they're normally used to seeing them playing, right? And and I, I get that baseball, you know, you win, you lose, right? And you don't want to have the extended losses, right? You want to stay on the winning side. But it's going to happen, right? And unfortunately, it does happen. And when you're going through it, it really sucks. Because for me, it seems like when Dodgers are going through it and I'm looking through Twitter and I'm like, Hey, Shohei Otani home run. Hey, <laughs> the Marlins, you know, have a 400 hitter. Hey, like everybody is like in baseball, like something great's going on, but like freaking for the Dodgers, like nothing, man, nothing. Like that's just how it seems. And like, and I get it. Fans are going to be pissed. Like I said, you know, they're not used to the Dodgers playing like this, right? For the last, especially going back four or five seasons, Dodgers have, you know, constantly been up 100 wins. And, you know, that's the time, type of team that we expect as fans. And, and, and like I said, the only thing that, you know, you got to put in perspective is like pretty much everybody's going to go through this, right? There's going to be those highs and those lows. And, you know, they should be able to snap out of it and, and, and continue to start, you know, winning more games, you know, down the road. And they're still in a playoff spot. As we record this, they're still in a playoff spot. So, and then, like we said, that is the goal, right? Get into the playoffs. Like I said, they don't have to win the division as long as they get into the playoffs and see what happens. Like, Yes, obviously they might bow out first round with the team that they got going right now. But, I mean, I don't think this team that we see right now, if they get into the playoffs, is not going to be the same team that you see in October. So did you did you hear the booing on Sunday for the Giants injured players? I didn't, I didn't hear it, no. Oh, okay. I, I'm curious, for those of you uh, listeners, our viewers, if you did hear that view, uh, that booing, I would love to hear your thoughts. I know that Princesa de Picolandia is not here because that's the person that probably would be best to answer this question with the booing. Um, but look, this is going to be a first for us, too, because since we've started doing this show, we've never covered the Dodgers when the Dodgers were bad. We've always covered the Dodgers when... They've been good. Yeah, they've had through, you've gone through some rough patches, but if the Dodgers don't pull out of this and they're just bad for the rest of the season, this is going to be new for us. How, how are we going to do a show covering a team that, that sucks, babyface? Have you prepared yourself for that, that uh, possibility? Like I said, I mean, I don't think that they're going to stay like this, you know, play, you know, you got seven games and they're going to win three out of 10 every single. I think they're gonna they're gonna snap out of it eventually, right? They're gonna win, you know, two three here, and then kind of just get back once the rotation comes back. You know, once it's 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 like I said, it's 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 bound to happen. Now, yeah, I mean, they could for whatever reason they decide, hey, that's it. Then yeah, it's gonna be tough to you know try and come come in every every time and be like, yeah, hey, Dodgers did this, did this, this is positive, this is positive, and 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 go from there. But 
But I mean, I it's mid June. I mean, I don't think the season's over yet. I think there's still a lot of time to write the ship and, like I said, hopefully get into the playoffs. And for those fans who have given up on the season, I'm keeping my receipts because I'm seeing a lot of comments on Twitter. I'm not going to watch this game. I don't even care about the Dodgers anymore. I'm, I'm keeping receipts. So when you guys come back and jump on the bandwagon again, when the Dodgers start playing well, that there's just going to be no room for it. Look, I don't know how much analysis I can give you for that giant series because the Dodgers just got their asses kicked. The one positive um, that I'm going to point out is that Emmett Sheehan, I mean, he, I mean, this is guy, he makes his major league debut, goes six innings of no hit ball, not just shutout, but no hit ball. And this is a guy who came straight from double A. I got to say, babyface, I did not expect that at all. I know that Andrew Freeman has been on record and saying that that group of pitchers that were in double A, he thinks are all major leaguers, and he's never seen a crop like that. So, I mean, and also just to be fair for clarification purposes, Sheehan was promoted to AAA. Uh, he just never made a start in AAA. But he just went He went straight to the majors, and I uh, I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, I, I did not expect him to go no hit. So I got a couple questions for you. First, your initial thoughts on, on Emmett Sheehan. So have we found is he related to Jerry Royce or is he his son? Right, this is kind of that's kind of whatever. Because he looks like him, is that what you're saying? He kind of looks like him, right? He has that blonde hair. He had that little shaggy mustache, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, I mean, he's one of those guys, right? Like Emmett Sheehan. It's the heck, Emmett Sheehan, right? Like you, all you're hearing about was uh, Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller, right? And then then we started hearing Landon Knack, right? He's he's in AAA now, and then Emmett Sheehan suddenly bursts onto the scene and makes his MLB debut and goes six no-hitted names. I mean, it just shows you the type of talent that the Dodgers have, and there's guys that you really don't hear anything about, right? There's really no buzz yeah. about these guys, and then all of a sudden they come up and they're these productive MLB, you know, players. Now, obviously, you know, it was one start. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe is he going in this Angel series, right? We were talking about that, I- like. I don't know if he's going to go – if he would go Wednesday night. I, I really – I think they're going to go with a bullpen because Michael Grove is up here. Uh, but I do think Emmett Sheehan, I think we'll see him against the Astros only because it's another home game. Like, wouldn't you give him another start at home before throwing him on the road? Yeah. I mean, you know, make him, him – obviously, he felt pretty comfortable pitching at Dodger Stadium, right? So let's kind of see, you know, what – what he does in, in his next start, you know, obviously you don't expect him to go out there again and give you six, six seven innings of uh, of no-hit ball, right? I mean, but, you know, if he goes out there and he's able to keep them in the game, you know, he gives up a run or two here, and and they're in the game to win it, um, you know, that's that's definitely a positive for the Dodgers and, and, and going forward with their, you know, lack of starting pitching right now. Though, you know, it, it does look like Julio might be back in that Astros series, right? So, it well, like- Roberts on Sunday, Roberts told us that Urias is looking that like he's more than likely coming back in Kansas City. Oh, for the okay, for the okay, so I mean he's close. So you know yeah. that that definitely is a positive getting Julio back, and then you know get back to five actual five solid starters, right? Because like we we're discussing this earlier, and they're they got four guys right now, and that's about it. 
Because of the off days, I, I mean, I can see them going on on a four four day uh, a four person rotation, four man rotation, only because they had the off day on Monday, and then they're going to have another off day on Thursday. Um, I know they like that just to give the extra rest, especially to guys like Gonsolin, who they seem to be making a big deal about his recovery time. But uh, let me ask you this, Babyface: the the fact you saw Emmett's performance. Does that all of a sudden give you a little bit more assurance that Friedman knows what he's doing? Friedman knows what he's got. Friedman is not panicking. So as long as Friedman doesn't panic, we're, we're okay. I know Elisa always likes to say this, that if she's on a plane, as long as the pilot is not panicking, she's fine. So Friedman's not freaking out about what's going on right now with the Dodgers. Obviously, it's rough. But I, I don't know. I, like you had mentioned before, there's guys coming up that I've never heard of. You know, we and that's the thing. It's like we don't watch the minor league games. We don't know what these guys can do. But obviously, Friedman and them, they know what they got. So do you feel better now that if, even if things don't right themselves this year and it's because of the injuries, maybe if the injuries just end up being too much to overcome, the future's going to be okay because we got guys in the minor league system, as, at least on the pitching side, that look like they're going to be they're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, what is one thing that we heard all this year, like coming into the season, right? They had all these kids, right, that they were talking about, and like, hey, you got to let these kids play, right? Got to let them, you know, come up and show and do what they're doing, right? And for the most part. You know, we've had a lot of kids play. The other night, uh, there was like five rookies on the field at at one time, right? There was like five rookies like on the field. So, you know, due to injuries, due to other stuff that's been going on, they got to go out there. Now, it's part of the the growing pains, right, too. If like, hey, they're not playing that great because maybe there's a lot of rookies and they're kind of getting used to it. But this is kind of what we want to see, right? We want these guys to come up. And and do their thing, you know. Bobby Miller has been doing his thing, and you know he he got he got a little roughed up his last game, right? I mean, which which is natural, right? You, I mean, you didn't expect this guy to go out there and just every every time just mow down a team. I know I know a lot of fans think that that's what should happen, right? But it's not going to happen every time, and 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 that also too could have played into his first time being in trouble because it looked like he got frustrated out there, yeah. right? And then and then it just kind of just took over on him, and and that's it. It got away from him. So that's also something that he's got to learn to deal with, you know, going forward. And like I said, you know, you have another pitcher in Emmett Sheen. You know, maybe we'll get a look at Landon Knack this year. You know, Gavin Stone, unfortunately, he came up, had a rough time, and it might have affected him. Yeah. Because you know, now, you know, he's still having a rough time in double A. So it might have messed him up the entire year. So we'll have to maybe see till next season for Gavin Stone. Um, but, you know, everybody. Wait, in double A or is it triple A? Yeah, in double. He's in triple A. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been yeah. getting he, the last two starts he's had in triple A. He's been getting rocked. Uh, yeah, he, I think he gave up ten runs his last start, earned runs. Yeah, exactly. So you know he's going through it. And, you know I don't know. It just kind of messed up his psyche coming you know coming up and getting beat around a bit, and now it's it's really affecting him. Um, but you know guys like you know Miguel Vargas. You know we we know we kind of know what he can do, and we're kind of just waiting for him to put it together. You know we've seen what James Alman can do, and you know he's going through it, and we need him to kind of circle back to get to get back to where we know he can be. 
you know, so it's just, you know, it's going to be those growing pains. And, you know, with the injuries, some of these guys have been forced into play, you know. So, I mean, it, it's rough. I mean, you don't want to make excuses, but, you know, the Dodgers have dealt a lot with a lot of stuff up until this point in June. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to save the conversation about the rookies and their per- performance, especially for the position players, for another episode. Um, I did, I did want to ask you this question because when I was at the game on Friday, after the he got through the sixth inning because Mookie made a great play and and the no hitter was still intact. I was sitting there after the fifth inning. Actually, I said to myself, "You know, Roberts is in there just praying, begging." that he gives up a hit because I don't think Roberts, I, I, I can't think of another manager that gets stuck in this same situation more than Roberts in the fact that you have a, a, a pitcher pitching a no hitter. And what are you going to do? Because to me, it, it's no longer a surprise to me. I knew he was not going to let him finish that game. Even if he had a no hitter through seven, I knew that he wasn't, and even Robert said it after the game that he was thinking of pulling Emmett out after the fifth inning. So when when you saw that uh, babyface, did you sit there and go, I, I know there was a lot of comparisons uh, to Rich Hill. Now, I will say this. I did not think the Dodgers were going to lose that game. I thought, you know, Emmett's doing good. It's a four-run cushion. We, we could handle a four-run cushion, they're going to win that game, and it's going to be a good start to this series. When the bullpen came in, I was like, oh, my gosh, this, this, this is a real thing. So uh, two, first question, though, what did you think about Roberts pulling him after six? I mean, I didn't expect him to go, you know, to, to let him finish that game. I mean, he was already at what? He's at 80 pitches, right? Yeah. Something like that. He hadn't thrown 80 pitches this year. So he was already at his high for the season. I mean, there's there's no way that he's gonna. I think you know Roberts has been on the record like you know they want long term success right over an individual success, especially on, for a rookie in his first start. He's already at the most pitches. I mean, he's not gonna risk his health going forward, you know, for to, to him to try and throw a no hitter at you know 140 pitches, right? So so that I knew that was gonna happen. So it was it was a no brainer as well. Okay, so that being said, I've heard this a lot of people, and this is Monday morning quarterback, right? I heard this theory a lot. Okay, yes, we all know he wasn't going to let him finish the game, but why not let him go start the seventh inning and see how far he could go in that inning? Because with the bullpen struggling as it is, if you can limit the number of innings in that bullpen, it improves your chances of winning, especially the way the bullpen is pitching now. So it's like you let him start the seventh inning. If he gives up a hit, you pull him. If he gives up a walk, you pull him. Uh, The first sign of trouble, you pull him. But if he can get you an out in the seventh, if he can steal you two outs in the seventh, were you not in a better place? Or did you think it doesn't matter? The bullpen is the bullpen, and they were going to blow that game anyways. I mean, I think it goes back to at the at his pitch count. He hadn't been there before, so why is he going to let him to continually go out there to extend that? You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the reason, right? They're trying to protect him now. Like I said, this is a completely different era of baseball that we grew up on, right? The guy that eighty pitches, right? Like back in the, who cares, right? Eighty pitches—that's yeah. that's nothing, right? Like 
that's that's our thinking. That's a lot of a lot of fans that listen to this podcast. That's their thinking. But this is a new era of baseball that they don't do things like that anymore. If he hadn't pitched eighty, if he hadn't gone eighty pitches in a game this year, it's his high. They're gonna pull him. You know, they they want to conserve him. You know, make sure there's no injury down the road. And you know, it, like I said, it's unfortunate, but that is the game today, and that is probably the reasoning why he you know he didn't let him go. Like he, he said, he he wanted to pull him. The previous inning, right? Because of his count. So, you know, I don't that's probably my answer for why he wouldn't let him continue. And that was basically the end of uh the good uh for the Dodgers this weekend. Uh we uh, this past weekend. When when the bullpen gave up who who gave up that home run? It's Gratterall, right? Yeah, Bruce Dar. And, and the and, and, gave up the two run home run. And wasn't just in our one of our last episodes that everybody was like, "Why didn't Bruce Star come into that other game, right? The the previous game, right? When uh, who gave up that other home run in that game? I get confused now with all these home runs these guys give up. In in which game? Uh, uh the, the game last week. Uh, Almonte, the game that Almonte gave up the home run, right? And well, Evan, I, was, and Evan Phillips gave up a walk off too. So I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter right now the way this bullpen is going. It doesn't matter. I mean, the thing is, is Bruzdar was your highest leverage reliever that was available that game because we found out later. I mean, what well, we knew going into that game, Evan Phillips wasn't going to be available and Shelby Miller wasn't going to be available. And those are the guys right now that you probably have the most faith in, in terms of the bullpen. So the problem was, is after Bruzdar gives up that two run home run in the seventh, now, who are you going to get to finish the eighth and the ninth? That's the reason when I keep hearing this theory of let Emmett go out there in the seventh and see if he can. Because at that point, as they like to say, you're counting outs. You needed nine outs. So if Emmett could get you one more out, two more outs, just to l- limit the number of outs that your bullpen, which is struggling, has to get you. I, I kind of see where they're going, but at the same time, this is a kid, like you had mentioned, he had never thrown that many pitches, and the Dodgers are always conservative with their pitchers. Um, but uh, eventually, sooner or later, they're going to have to start stretching these guys out because they've asked Dave Roberts about Bobby Miller. Is Bobby Miller a guy that can do 100 pitches? And they said yes. So eventually they got to let these guys start going longer. I was just going to say, you, and you were saying, let him go one, one, if anybody gets on, you know, I was just going to say, you know, okay, yeah, what if they let him, do, let him go out there, you know, one guy gets on, then the next guy hits a home run off of him, right? Yeah. Then it's back to, well, why didn't he pull him, right? Like, it's, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like, like I said, you know, we're always going to be, we're always going to, uh, you know, react to something that's already happened before it's actually in that situation right and to be in that situation and to actually do it and, and get it right when you get it right hey great when you get it wrong this guy sucks right well you know what i i, yeah, I think you have an argument there with what you're saying but then the other argument is because they were starting to hit him hard i think but it was right at people People were making the plays like the Mookie, the play that Mookie made, that ball was hit hard. And then there was another ball that was hit hard, but it was right at somebody. So I think they were starting to get to him. Right. So I totally understand when you see that. All right, let's let's get him out of there. Right. But at the same time, there's always that other argument. The guy was pitching a no hitter. They weren't they didn't get a hit. So 
Why not let him go until he gives up that hit? So, but you're right. In the end, it comes down to this. If the Dodgers win the game, it's it's a non-issue. It's the fact that right now everything that can go wrong is going wrong for the Dodgers. And we found out Bobby Miller is human. I think you were spot on in what you said. I think it got to him mentally in that inning, and it just snowballed. And it was just uh, it was rough at that real, point. Go ahead. Real quick on, on, on that thing on Emmett. And, and I get, I get it. Cause I guess the frustration even comes more from like, as soon as Bruzar came in, the first guy got on, right? Yeah, exactly. The first guy. And I think the next guy hit the home run. Right. Yeah. So that's where I guess it's the, you know, if it would have happened maybe in the eighth and ninth, yeah, you'd still be pissed at the bullpen, but it was like, just took this guy out. And then the next guy like gives it up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean, we, we wanted to touch on the Giants series. I don't want you guys to think that we were ignoring it because the Dodgers got swept and and uh, we want to – no, we face up to it. We're, we're dealing with it here. But really, there's not much analysis because the Giants just completely kicked their ass. And really, the only positive was, was Emmett Sheehan. So I'm very much looking forward to his next start and and see what he does. I mean, I'm not expecting him to go another six innings of no-hit ball. But if he, you know, looks sharp again, I, I, he's going to get sent down. He's going to go back down to AAA. But I, I think, again, that's going to be now a name that's going to be on my radar. That it's like, okay, we got Emmett, and now we'll see next season when we're looking at, at – and that's the other thing, and I, I'm going to save this for another show, but I'm just putting it out there. The more and more that these young guys start coming up and getting a taste and showing that they can perform, the more and more I'm starting to think Julio is gone. I already thought Julio was going to be gone, but the more and more, because there's only so many spots. There's only so many spots, but we'll save that for another show. Let's get into this all-star game. Also, though, these guys coming up, you got got MN, right? You got got Ryan Pepe that's hurt. What's right around the corner? Trade season, right? Yeah. So Dodgers are going to have a lot of extra pitchers, right? You would say, right? You got Michael Grove, Ryan Pepio, Emmett Sheen coming up, Landon Knack coming up. So that, that, that's four guys there. Do you expect all these guys to eventually be on the big league roster? Or, or I mean, I'm expecting some of these guys may move for other pieces that they may need now. Well, you know, that's a very good question. I know Cody Snavely, uh, Bleed Lows podcast contributor, had said be prepared for there to be more traits of people going out than coming in. I'm just curious if by the time the trade deadline comes and the Dodgers are just you, – you could see it's just not their year. Do you use Do you use those trade chips now? Is this the season that you use them and when you know it's 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 just not going to happen. So I'm I'm very curious to see what they do end up doing in terms of because a lot of people are blocked and it's starting to become a logjam. So we'll see. But I want I want to switch uh, gears here to the All Star Game voting because we just recently got another update. And so I want to focus right now on what you guys really care about, and the, and that's the Dodgers. So uh, Freddie Freeman is your leading vote getter for first base. Uh, I, I, I agree completely uh, that Freddie Freeman needs to be, as you can see the graphic. Thank you, baby face. 
Uh, Freddie Freeman is leading it. Uh, Mookie Betts is a one of the top uh, vote uh, getters in the National League outfield. Uh, actually, Ronald Acuna has more uh, all-star votes than Mookie Betts. Acuna is actually leading all National League outfielders. Uh, J.D. Martinez is leading on the DH. Who had that on their bingo card? Who had J.D. Martinez being the leading candidate for DH in the All-Star game? Uh, there's a lot of love for J.D. Uh, not pictured on the graphic that we have here, and this is where I want to spend some time, uh, is Will Smith. Will Smith is number two right now in National League catchers, right behind the Atlanta Bravos' uh, Sean Murphy. Uh, before we start on this Will Smith campaign of Babyface, can you explain to our listeners and our viewers how this all-star uh, game voting is working? So what they're doing uh, this year is they're taking the top two vote-getters, so from each position, right, first, second, third. Um, top two vote-getters will advance to, I guess, like a final round of voting, uh, and they'll do six on the outfielders, so the top six. Um, so Will Smith, like you mentioned, he is second. So if it ended, I believe it ends on the 22nd. So if he's currently in second, he will advance to like a face off with, with Murphy, uh, to get your, 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 your NL starting, uh, catcher. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, it looks like three guys are, are leading and then you got a fourth. And, uh, I think also Max Muncy is third, I believe. Yes, and, and, Max, Mike Muncy is uh, behind Austin Riley of the Bravos. And Miguel um, Vargas is actually, I think, fourth for for a second baseman. So now he, here's the thing: uh, the Max Muncy, he's got currently he's six hundred twenty nine thousand one hundred eighty votes. Austin Riley, who is in second, has eight hundred thirty two thousand nine hundred ninety six votes. So that's a big gap, in, in my opinion, and. For Muncie to um, have to make that gap up, uh, it, basically by the end of this week, I, uh, that's a tall order. Um, the same with Miguel Vargas. Um, Miguel Vargas is fourth. Um, he's got 328,608 uh, votes. Uh, Ozzie Albies, who holds the second spot for the Bravos, uh, he's at 88. Uh, eight, excuse me, 884,328 votes. I, I, that's, I don't think Miggy, I don't think Muncie are going to catch those second place uh, finishes. But honestly, to tell you the truth, the way the voting is right now, those are to me the guys who deserve to be all stars. I mean, do you think Max Muncie should be uh, an all star? Yeah, I mean that's and that's where it gets tough, right? Because it's it's the fans voting. I mean, like I said, a lot of those guys that are leading are are having good seasons, right? So yeah, I mean sometimes you you will get somebody up there like, why is this guy even up there? Like this guy's not having a good season, but it's the fan love, right? So but for the most part, fans are are, are doing the right thing. Like I said, JD Martinez is at DH because he's having a great season, right? So you know, people not just in Dodgers land, right? Every kind of across the league are seeing that, hey, JD Martinez is having a great season. Let's let's put some votes in for him. Yeah. And I mean, do you think Miguel Vargas deserves it all? I, and I'm talking about even uh, not as a starter, but just deserves to be an all-star. Muncie and Vargas. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't compare to the other guys right that are ahead of I mean yeah, they're not they're not up there with those guys. And, and I just put the, if you want to go and vote for any of these guys, 
Muncie or Vargas, even if you, hey, you just want to vote your guys in, I put up the, the address if you're watching, you know, MLB.com forward slash all hyphen star forward slash ballot if you want to go ahead and vote for these guys. Um, I want to uh, I, I, talking about Miguel Vargas and in, in the in second base in the National League. Uh, I am so glad that Luis Arias is leading because the guy is having an amazing season. He's he's still at four hundred actually right now, right, Babyface? As we speak, as of the recording of this. Yeah, because I think he had another five for five night last night, which I think is like his third or fourth of the year, which is crazy. That, that's the thing that I hate about when the all-star voting is happening, when someone is clearly having a great season and they're not anywhere close to being voted into the all-star game. So I am very happy to see that that dude is leading uh, the National League at second base and is going to be an all-star because he, he deserves it this season. So this is what I want to spend time on, and that's the Will Smith. I know we've had this argument before uh, on this show that we – at least for me, I just think Will Smith is the best catcher in the National League. However, he is trailing, and he is trailing by a significant number to Sean Murphy of the Bravos. Sean Murphy has a million three hundred twenty thousand eight hundred thirty-eight votes, and Will Smith has eight hundred thirty-six thousand seven hundred fifty-four votes. Uh, that's a big gap. Now, when I initially see that, I'm just like, "How the hell is Sean Murphy?" ahead of will smith in all-star voting for catcher in the national league i mean will smith to me clearly is the best but let's compare their numbers sean murphy is hitting 287 has 12 home runs and has 42 rbis will smith is hitting 293 with 10 home runs and 37 rbis so the numbers aren't that different so is this just a matter that we're not giving Sean Murphy enough credit because we don't see Bravo's games as much and we're just Will Smith homers, babyface? I mean, probably both, right? A little bit of both. I mean, we don't see Sean Murphy, so we don't know what, what he's been doing, right? I mean, but, you know, they're pretty comparable. But, I, you know, I think because the talk has always been you know, who's the best catcher in baseball? Who who was it? JT Realmuto, right? And yeah. we always said, well, Will Smith is the next guy. He's kind of, kind of he's the next guy that's going to come up, and he's going to be that all-star. But then all of a sudden, you get a guy like Sean Murphy, who's having a, a good year as well, right? So it's like, you know, but I mean, either or, I mean, I think both of those guys are going to probably make it, right? Even if they get, they go on to the next round, they're probably still going to be on the all-star team, right? Because you know you can't going to the Oscar game with one catcher, right? You're going to have about two or three guys. So I think they'll, you know, it, what it is probably going to be is who's going to be your starter. Is it going to be Murphy or is it going to be Will Smith? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that's, that's the bottom line, right? So whether Will Smith gets voted as a starter, he's making the all-star team this year. And that to me, those guys that we've talked about this show are the guys that deserve to be all-stars in the Dodgers. Is there anyone on else on this Dodger team in terms of position players that we have not talked about that you think deserves to be an all-star? I mean, you got Freddie at first, right? Second with Mar- Vargas, right? Short, I mean, Rojas is an all-star. I mean, Mookie's in right, so <laughs> and Muncie, right? I mean, everybody else pretty much, you know, the outfield's been, uh, be- you know, beside right field, you know, just Mookie. 
So I think, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, position players around the around the diamond. Yeah, so the fans have gotten it right this time, I, in my opinion, at least when it comes to the Dodgers. Those are the four guys that should be representing the Dodgers in the All-Star game. Mookie, Federico, Will Smith, and J.D. Martinez. Those guys, I mean, if you look at the ballot overall in the National League, the Bravos fans, they're representing, man. They are voting. They're showing up in the ballots because the Bravos players are almost in the top two at every position. Uh, I mean, Sean Murphy is leading in catching. First base, who's in second? Matt Olson of the Bravos. Second base, who's second? Ozzy Albee of the Bravos. Third base, who's second? Austin Riley of the Bravos. Shortstop, who's leading? Is Orlando Arcia of the Bravos. I mean, the Bravos are going to basically be, they may be representing the whole National League in the outfield. Ronald Acuna is your leading. Actually, he's overall leading the National League in votes. So not just in, in the outfield position, but overall, he is your leading vote getter. So there is a lot of love for, uh, from the fans for the Bravos players. Who, who's the uh, who's leading outfield? I mean, who's leading vote getter in the in the AO? Is it, is it Shohei Otani? And I, I want to make sure I get in. Shohei Otani into our podcast because <laughs> when you mention Shohei Otani, things things uh, things happen for you. Uh, I will tell you this: um, that uh, Acuna has more votes than Shohei. Oh wow! Acuna has over two million votes, and Shohei is just under two million. He's at one million eight hundred eighty-five thousand one hundred forty-four. That uh, the Shohei effect is real. Uh, as Babyface and I have discovered from last uh, episode that we did, when we did our preview of the Doyers versus the Angelitos, just the mention of Shohei, um, that episode has become very popular. And uh, I don't know if you noticed that we've been labeled as Dodger homers. We're delusional Dodger fans. So, And, and that's kind of funny because we had an Angels beat writer telling us this <laughs> stuff, right? Like, okay. Uh, yeah, we, we got blamed for all the comments that Jeff Fletcher uh, was saying about the Angels. We got we got uh, we got blamed for that. So that's where we stand with the All Star uh, Babyface. Real quick, uh, do you miss? And maybe this is just us being old, but I miss actually having the physical ballot and going to the Dodger game and punching out the names. I just don't feel like there's that same level of excitement, or maybe it's because I'm just not a kid anymore that level of excitement around all-star voting. Like when I was at the stadium, I don't see that much advertising for all-star voting. And I'm wondering, you know, the Dodgers are always the biggest box office draw. They always are leading in attendance. So how is it that some of these players like Will Smith, how is it that Will Smith is not leading in, in, in their position do you think there is a level of excitement for all-star voting? I don't think the voting, I mean, especially fans like in LA, I don't think it's like, you got to go online. You have to physically go, you know, go to that address and, and, you know, I'll put the address up again, you know, in case anybody wants to go vote is you have to go there and then go through everything and vote. I mean, I think that can be cumbersome for some people, right. To do that. Um, I mean, I think the only time the Dodgers like really like get a lot of people to start voting is when they've had those uh, in the past where they've had like, the fans, runoffs, like, yeah, like fans there at the stadium, like they're yeah. in, like, and they're like really going for it, you know, you know. So the fans 
probably don't take it as serious as some fans like in Atlanta, right? They're like, hey, they're just voting for other guys and and, and put them trying to get them in. But you know, a lot of lot of lot of the fans, you know, they don't they don't want to take the time to do that, you know, which might only take them, you know, a minute or two, right, to do. Yeah, I I mean, I just remember as a kid just trying to get as many ballots as I could because it was a big – I would do one ballot where I voted for all the Dodgers, and then I would do my real ballot. I would vote for the people who I think really deserve. And just being able to stuff those ballot boxes with with my all-star ballots, and I just – maybe you're right. You've said this before. you got to make it easy for people. If If people have to go out of their way to do something, I don't think they'll do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if like uh, do some type of promotion at, at at the game, right? You come and show me you voted your five times, right? And you get a free drink or something, right? Like, yeah. I mean, give them some type of incentive to, while they're there at the game, right? Hey, I voted five times. I could go now get something at the information booth, whatever that I could go and get a free hot dog or, or something, right? Just give them a little bit of incentive, and I think that that might go a long way. Absolutely. Uh, also, what was released. Um, are the hats at least the 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 all star the with what they're going to be wearing during the home run derby and during the pre all star game events? As you can see on here, this is uh this will be the Dodgers uh hat for the all star game. Um, obviously they're going with Mariners colors. So um, the, the first one that's the like home run derby day one, which is in the Dodger blue. Okay. And then the next one that you showed me, that's the one they're actually wearing during the game? That's the one that says on, yeah, on field game. So that, that leads you to believe that the uniforms, like they did last year, they'll be wearing uh, a uniform. Like each team will wear a you know, traditional baseball uniform. Um, and it's probably going to be in this mint color one team. And I don't know, like the emerald turquoise, maybe. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. They haven't released that information. But what is odd also is that all the hats that they released, American League and National League, are in this mint color. So people are like, "Wait, why is why are they both wearing the same color hat?" <laughs> I, I mean, this is the thing that cracks me up about Major League Baseball. I know you've tweeted this, uh, Babyface. I do miss them wearing their own team's uniforms during the game, like, like this. Yes, you're right on cue right there. I do miss when they just wore their own uniform. That being said, I have never bought any of the new All-Star gear that they had. That is this uniform that they have for the All-Star game. I've never bought any of that. I know I I have some friends that have. Have you ever purchased any of the All-Star gear? No. Uh, I bought, I think, a hat. I think I've done one one or two of the hats. That's about it. I mean, but if if you're watching us online and you see this graphic of, I think this is like 1979, maybe. I mean, but just look at the look at the beauty. I mean, look at the colorful uniforms. I mean, this is like you have your Dodgers still in your classic. Yeah, the Pirates in that gold and black uniform. You know, the, with the, the stovetop hat. Yeah, the the Padres with their old you know brown and yellow. The Phillies in their powder blues. Like, I mean, you can't get more classic. With and for some reason now. Even I know some of these are are their retro uniforms. Like I know the Phillies, I think use uh, yeah. something like that. It just doesn't look the same to me. When I see that, I'm like, it just doesn't. I don't know what it is. Like it just does not look the same like it did back in the day. Uh, I, it does. It does. It does look the same to me. I, I I just I didn't I didn't like what they did last year with the black and the white. I I just felt like 
I, I feel like why are they isn't the whole point to highlight the players to highlight like if you are a Detroit Tigers fan, you have one guy representing you, right? So wouldn't you want to see? Yeah, wouldn't you want to see your Tigers uniform out there on the field? I, I I feel like Major League Baseball has has missed the has missed the boat on this. I I really wish they would go back to just let them wear their uniforms representing their teams. You can still sell. Obviously, they do good selling this merchandise because they keep doing it. If it wasn't selling, they would stop doing it. So maybe well, we're just the wrong audience for it. But I, I, I don't like this whole. Everybody's wearing the same uniform. And I think that has happened recently, right? I think I think from yeah, it's one, not from the, from the one in Denver, right? They had that weird, really ugly uniform. Then they did it last year. Um, but vice, before that, when they had the All Star merchandise, they would wear that on the Home Run Derby day, and then on the All Star game, they'd wear their regular uniform. So yeah, I, they, I have no just, problem with that. Yeah, they just got to flip it back to, to doing that. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, last thing before we go, uh, Mookie Betts has announced that if he is an All Star and it looks like it's going to happen, he's going to participate in the Home Run Derby. So here's another reason for you guys to be pissed off at Mookie Betts. So we get pissed off at Mookie because he bowls. We get pissed off at Mookie because he has his own podcast. Now we're going to get pissed off at Mookie because he's going to do the Home Run Derby, and if he doesn't win it, he's a loser. Um, are you okay with Mookie Betts participating in the Home Run Derby, babyface? Um, the, the curse, the fact that participating in a home run derby has a reputation of ruining you for the second half of the season. It ruins your swing. Do you have any concerns? And are you surprised that he has chosen to participate in the home run derby? Yeah, a little surprised. I mean, his numbers, right? His home run numbers have kind of gone up the last couple of years, right? So it's kind of made him more of a home run guy, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess whatever. If he wants to do it, do it. At least you know, get out of the first round, right? Usually, because usually with Dodgers, they don't get out of the first round like when they've done it in the past, right? Except for how Jock, dare though. you talk of Mike Piazza that way? <laughs> Except for Jock, you know, a couple years ago, right? But yeah, I mean, go ahead, do it. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect him in the second half, you know, with his swing, whatever. I mean, Pete Alonso's done it right and won, and did, I don't think it affected him, right? That's true. I mean, I, I feel like Pete Alonso is known more for his home run derby performances than he's known for his regular season performances. But at the time of this recording, Mookie has 17 home runs on the season. So I, I, I just found it very interesting that uh, there are times that I feel like Mookie really embraces the role of a superstar. And then there's other times that I feel he he really shies away from it and he doesn't want uh, to, to do that. Do you no. have that same reading or am I off? Yeah. I mean, he knows he's a superstar, right? And then you kind of like, yeah, yeah, right. I'll use it here. I'll use it here. You know, kind of, he's, he's real selective when he wants to kind of really be that, that superstar, I guess. Right. Um, but I wonder if Shohei Otani is going to do it in, uh, in Seattle. Oh, that would be the perfect showcase, right? He has to do it. I mean, he's leading the American League in home runs. I mean, could you imagine the disappointment? I mean, come on. He has to do it. I mean, you're in Seattle. It's it's the all-star game. You're Nothing else is going on, at least sports-wise. You're going to have all the intention in the world. And then you saw what he did at the World Baseball Classic. That stage was the Shohei Otani show. 
Now you have another opportunity to do the Shohei Otani show. So I hope he absolutely does it. I, I would love to see him, um, you know, put on a show because as we have learned on this show, everybody loves Shohei Otani. And so if the Dodgers keep sucking, we are seriously considering changing the name to this show to the Shohei Otani show because we, we know people love Shohei. Um, Babyface, any last words? Well, at the time of this recording, uh, I hope we get some wins. You know, by the time we uh, we talk to you guys next time, <laughs> there we go. That that is just such optimism. You you don't sound defeated at all, babyface. I mean, it it's it's a rough patch that the Dodgers are going through, and hopefully, it just doesn't last forever because we'll be here with you guys. I just hope that if the Dodgers continue to struggle, that doesn't mean that people. Just don't want anything to do with baseball anymore. And and you stop listening to the show because, look, we are the number one baseball podcast in Armenia. You know, listen to our pay attention to Armenian brothers and sisters who listen to us regardless of how bad or good the Dodgers are. And breaking news, we are top five in Australia. So we are making our way over into the United States. So. Uh, exactly. So I just want to put that out there to everybody. The Bleed Those podcast is an international podcast. So why is it? I'm I'm setting I'm putting out the challenge to you guys. Why is it that we are more popular in foreign countries than here in the United States? And I'm talking to you too, Mexico. I mean, you guys got to represent. You know, let them know the love for the Bleed Lows podcast. Tell your friends. Tell them to subscribe to the podcast, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on our social medias. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Let people know about the Bleed Lows podcast. We are the best podcast that you've never even heard of. So, yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.